Welcome back to the J&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Jaworski, joined by my friend, as always, Justin Carroll. Justin, how are you on this Wednesday evening? After that episode of AEW, I am feeling angry. I don't know about you. I don't know how NXT was because I didn't get to watch it. But how are you feeling now? Um, I'm good. NXT was very plain, I think. Uh, it's one of those deals where I think they thought having a bunch of title matches on the show would like make it better all of a sudden, but the match actually has to be good. And one of the titles ending in a disqualification and the other one just didn't really impress me to say the least. Uh, not great, not great overall. I got to say the same thing with AEW, AEW. Manages to kill me every single week. I give them chance after chance. Some of the stuff is good, but the stuff that should be good needs to happen all the time. It can't just be it happens once in a blue moon. There is so much bad stuff in AEW, especially in this episode today, that I'm totally going to nitpick. And I got to talk to you a little bit before this, and I think you could agree with me. Yeah, it seemed like, even I thought, I I didn't think it was going to be great, but I was looking forward to the episode. I'm definitely going to watch it before I head to bed. But as soon as I saw a street fight with, like, top four talent, I knew it was not going to be good. I knew that match wouldn't be good. Uh, Cody and Janela, I mean, Joey Janela never ceases to amaze me about how bad he is. Not amazes me in a good way, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's just like he, i don't throw, know how we got throw, signed throw pudding in a bag and whip it against the wall and you have joey janela but <laughs> uh nxt for the most part was good i mean it was average i'm gonna rate it of like a 5.5 already a, we're doing the rating system already uh, no i'm gonna t- i'm telling you i'm foreshadowing oh. what i'm gonna give it it was at it was average it was average to to the fullest extent i think but you know, one question for you is I always ask you how your day or night's going, but it's always reflecting upon the show that we just watched. How, how is your day going? How is your night going? How is your evening going? You know what? I got to watch a lot of TV today. So, you know, it was, I just felt pretty lazy today, not going to lie. I got to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I finished off Outer Banks, which I didn't think was too great, but... You know, everyone was raving about how good it was, and I was like, oh, maybe I should watch it. I get to watch it. Just no for me, dog. But, you know, I felt pretty lazy today, but I felt pretty fat and happy. <laughs> You're going to be all fat and sassy for the day. Oh, yeah, fat you and ever, sassy. You ever see that? No, what is it? Uh, I think it was like around Thanksgiving time. Some older lady in the South was being interviewed, and she's like, we're going to have some green beans and casserole, and we're going to get all fat and sassy. It was a, <laughs> It's an all-time video. I'll have to send it to you. Oh, uh, yes. Please do. At some point. But what do you think? Maybe we can get right into it? I don't know if you want to go first, or I'll go first, or... Uh, I'm going to insist you go first, because I really want to hear what you have to say about NXT. So we have NXT on the USA Network, uh, home of Psych, of course, uh, for the May 6th episode. Uh, we had Charlotte versus Io Shirai. We had Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream for the 
their respected championships, women's and men's. Uh, we open up the show with the package, uh, Colin Dream, Charlotte versus EO. We had Carrion uh, Cross, excuse me, with Scarlet. No more uh, funky uh, French last name. But we get right into it with Dominic G- Dijakovic. 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 <laughs> Dijakovic. Dijakovic. <laughs> I'm just going to let you say whatever. Okay. Versus Johnny Gargano, who has a new theme and a new Tron. He got rid of Rebel Heart? That no banger? more Rebel Heart. Oh, my God. That There's was such no, a banger. No, no, there, it's no more like a Paramore. It's like a very dark, like, grim. There's no mu- There's no words in this theme now. No more Paramore uh, oh. kind of ripoff as I drop my notebook. But anyways... Um, First thing I thought when they first thing I thought first thing that came to mind when they were both standing in the ring was how are you going to sell me that Gargano is going to beat this giant of a guy? I and I texted you that too. I go, how are you going to make me believe that Gargano can beat this dude? You did indeed text me that. Yeah, and explain. Expand. I don't. I, mean, I, <laughs> I don't really know how you want me to elaborate on this. I mean, Johnny Gargano has done a lot more in his. NXT career than Dijakovic has. What? Dijak's done, um, you know, had 5 billion North American uh, championship matches with Keith Lee and lost every time. Or like, um, you know, compared to Johnny, who's been a triple crown champion, he's won the NXT champion, uh, championship, I should say, North American championship, and has held the tag team titles. So he's much more established than Dijakovic is, but I don't know how someone of Dijak's stature can beat such a small man in Johnny Gargano. Well, we were both wrong there. I didn't mean to put you on the spot and make you elaborate. Oh, no, it's okay. Wanted, it's okay. I just, I just wanted to see if you would agree with me, but do you? Yeah, I, yeah, I somewhat agree, but I think Johnny, well, I don't know who actually won this match, but I think Johnny, since he's more established, it does make sense if he was to win, but I can also see how Dijakovic could win. So, nonetheless, let's get right into it. They go at it. Dom just beats him. I'm going to call him Dom because Dominic and Dijakovic is a lot. So, Dom, oh, I just, see what you did there. Dom just beats down Johnny the whole time in the beginning of the match. Uh, Johnny eventually turns the tide. Then Dom goes back on offense. Uh, then Candice LeRae comes out, who... But the whole purple hair look looks um, a little different, that's for sure. But uh, I, I don't know. I think they might have messed up the dye or something because that just, it just doesn't look like – is hair supposed to look like that kind of purple color? I don't really know. I know you didn't see it. But if anybody uh, gets out to comment about it on our pages, at J&J Wrestling Pod on Twitter and Instagram, you know, it's kind of like a weird purple. Maybe they messed up a dye. I don't know. Anyway uh, – Johnny dumps Dominic outside, and he does a toupee suicido. Suicida, right? Suicida. A suicide dive for all you who aren't nerds. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, that too. Then we go to commercial. Back then, well, back then to the match, uh, we had them going at it. Larray holds on to Johnny, uh, kind of on the apron side, so. Dom can't pull him out from under there. 
the referee started counting, which I thought was weird because it was outside interference. I don't know if it was referring to him being under the ring rope, but uh, later on in the match, Gargano tries to get the ring, uh, wow, the turnbuckle off. Uh, the referee stops him. Uh, Dom levels him. Later on, though, they're back in that same corner. Dom is going for a power bomb. Johnny rips off the turnbuckle, trips Dominic Djokovic face first into it, gets the DDT. I forget the new name for it. Uh, one, two, three. Johnny Gargano is your winner here. Um, what I did also mention to you was that he wins dirty somehow, as they say. And sure enough, uh, no turnbuckle right near the uh, metal ring, I guess it is, a metal, whatever you want to call it, metal spot and the turnbuckle. I don't know what they call it, really, what ring terminology it's for. I know the turnbuckle pad. Oh, I guess that would be the turnbuckle, right? Yeah. So they, he removes the turnbuckle pad. Dominic Djokovic goes head first into it. Uh, Johnny gets that slingshot kind of DDT deal over the top rope. One, two, three. I wrote, makes sense. And Johnny Gargano is your winner. I might have to check out that match because I just want to see how that match really played out. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I think I might want to go out of my way to watch it. I don't typically, if I miss an episode of NXT or AEW when, you know, we're reviewing different shows, I don't typically go back and watch stuff. But um, is that totally worth watching? Like, go out of my way to watch or no? Uh, I don't think I would go out of your way to watch it, but... It certainly, I think it had to be match of the night. Oh, okay. Surprisingly, with all the te- all the stacked matches they had on here, everything wasn't that fantastic. But this was good. This was definitely good. I can, I could definitely see him, you know, getting outside interference from his wife. How he said playing nice isn't going to get you anywhere anymore, and he realizes that in NXT. So. I'm totally behind the new Johnny Gargano. And as we continue in the eight o'clock hour here. Uh, we had Imperium officially challenging uh, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher for the tag team titles. Uh, later on, uh, Riddle and Thatcher would respond. Then we go into uh, Gentleman Jack Gallagher, who was 0-1 versus Akira Tozawa, who was 1-0 in some Group B action for the interim Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Tozawa wins this one off of the Centon. There wasn't much doing in this match. Uh, it was good. Definitely good. Just nothing, you know. Spectacular. Me, yeah, there's nothing that made me go, oh my. But uh, Gallagher is now 0-2. Tozawa is 2-0. Former Cruiserweight champion who won it in Boston on Monday Night Raw a few years ago. I was there. Not a big deal. Uh, we learned that Finn Balor is going to come back. Uh, later on, we'll have Jake Atlas versus Kushida. Next match, we had Zaya Lee, who I completely forgot was like a person. <laughs> uh, as bad as that sounds. Uh, she faced Chelsea Green with Robert Stone. Uh, they go at it. Aaliyah comes out, and she's been around forever. I don't know why we're like just seeing her frequently now. I don't know. I guess she has run-ins with Zaya Lee previously. Excuse me, but... So she interferes with the match. Uh, Green gets the win with the I'm prettier, I think. Instead of unprettier, it's I'm prettier. So that was a match, I guess. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> later on that, or after that, uh, Velveteen Dream had his segment in his little lounge. 
uh, doing his hand motions and Francie pantsing all around on the couch. And of course, it ended with dream over uh, per usual. Wasn't really surprised at that. But uh, moment of the night probably came when we had the debut of Karrion Cross and Scarlet. Uh, they came out, very, had a very elaborate entrance, to say the least. But it was cool at first. Then, you know, they had her, uh, they had Scarlet, like, lip syncing. The She wasn't, like, they weren't making it out that she was singing the music or the entrance theme. But she was lip syncing it and had her, like, noticeably lip syncing it on the camera, like, playing to the camera. I just think this was too much. She started, like, bouncing around in the ring when the music got really fast. And it was kind of like, uh, like, some, some kind of, like, you know. Someone you see smoking a ton of weed at a rock show, I guess. So that, that's what I would have to put it at. But uh, let me ask wins. you this really quick. Yep. Is this theme song a banger, though? Not really. Oh like, man, that is devastating. Come on. It, at first, you think it's like really good, and then this like it's like a girl vocalist who like starts like singing and stuff. So it's kind of weird. Oh. Uh, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, so it, it seems like it at first, like, you're like, oh, man, who's this? Like, what is it? But obviously, uh, the entrance sure catches your attention. I'm sure that was their goal. But it there was, like I said, there was a lot going on. Um, and it was, like, the music, it, like, defies his entrance. So, like, it's definitely, like, Balor when he plays to the camera and it's, like, different spots of the music he has to do something. Yeah, like that ter- dan- dan- yeah. thing with the yeah. arms. So, like, the thing with the arms with Balor, this is essentially for Cross. Like, him, you know, pointing to the camera or the Scarlet singing the words or, like, running around the ring. But uh, he gets the victory over, uh, oh, man, Leon Ruff, I think his name is. Is that his name? Oh, that was um, his name, right? Leon Ruff. I think he was on Smack. Oh, wait. Yeah. No. Smack that's on a the Raw. Guy. I forget which one. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. the guy. Uh, he buries him with two wicked suplexes i think they call it like the destroyer something uh, i don't remember the I'm not exact exactly name sure. he yeah. dumped him on his head twice obviously looked like it was planned i think he was planting his arm over his head or something along the lines of that i always want to know how they make it so like gruesome like when you like dump somebody on their head like purposely like that's the how move. you make it look bad yeah like how they protect themselves when you just go straight on your head like no, on, there's no protecting. If well, you go straight on your head, you're going straight on your head. No, no. Like this move, like it, it's like a, uh, say like a suplex. Like it's a one-arm suplex where he throws him over the back. And yeah. he like kind of lands semi-vertically on his like neck area. But I see like how they raise their hand up. Are they landing on their hand? Like it makes it look like they're landing on their head. Like they put their hand over their neck? Yeah. They just do that so there's not as much whiplash for whatever they're doing. So, like, typically, if you know how Cesaro does, like, the uh, the uh, Swiss swing or whatever it's called, where it grabs you by the legs and you swing yeah, around yeah, like yeah. that. So, like, if they do that, like, let's say, I don't know, some random person. Let's say The Miz has it, like, on Daniel Bryan, and then he whips him into the barricade like that. And you'll see how they put their hands up so they, like, protect themselves. Yes, I get what you're saying. They do that to literally protect their necks so their necks don't jolt one way or the other so that their neck is all jacked up. And then they don't need, like, 
possible surgery or something like that or like any like any other treatment like that. So doing that is just protecting their neck so there's not as much whiplash for whatever's going on. But when it comes to your neck, that is serious stuff. Yes, no doubt. But looked like uh, Leon Ruff was okay. He would just have a uh, Leon a rough Ruff came night. out rough. <laughs> <laughs> Puns. I hate him. But uh, Karen Cross gets the win. Uh, he's going to be big, I said. And if there was a crowd there, he would have had a huge reaction, I think. I, I'm sure you agree with me on that one. I would totally agree with you. You said it was just those two suplexes that happened? Yep. And then, oh, and then he has some kind of like uh, rear naked choke, like uh, submission kind of deal. Where uh, it, oh, like Samoa Joe's, like the. Uh, it's kind of like that, in. but he just uses a one underhook on the on the neck. But he oh, like okay. wraps he like wraps himself around. Oh, oh, okay. Like his legs wrap around like the body, kind of like a, I don't know what you would really call it, kind of deal. Like the but Oscar lock, sort of. Yeah, so he he locks his legs around the body, then has like the underhook on the neck, chokes him out. It's it's so it's a legitimate it's a legitimate submission. I will say that. And then we get to Charlotte versus Io Shirai, but we would get to the nine o'clock hour. So. Eight o'clock hour for AEW. What went on? What happened? Okay, so they do this pretty cool video package for last week, and it basically just sums up everything that happens. So we get the intro video for AEW, and as soon as they go and say that they're live, they do pyro for no reason. <laughs> it's such a waste of money. I sort of understand how. Pyro for the fans is sort of hype, but for them to have quote unquote fans in the crowd, there's nothing special about the pyro. Then I think pyro overall is just dumb in a wrestling show. It's so unneeded. Like it doesn't add anything special. When Goldberg came out and he had the little sparklers, do you think that hyped up anybody? But but like besides him, no. Do you catch well, my drift? Well, it's different when there's like. They use pyro at a wrestling show at the start to get people fired up, to get people loud. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but the thing is, they were doing it for like entrances, ugh, excuse me, entrances and everything like that too. But let's get straight into it. We had Tony Schiavone, Jim Rocks, ugh, I cannot talk today, much like every episode, and Excalibur on commentary. And you know, Jim Rocks obviously established, so is Tony. Excalibur, not too big on. So no, Me either. <laughs> yeah, so we open up with Cody Rhodes and Joey Janela. Oh my god, did Cody Rhodes try to make the best of this match? I don't understand how Joey Janela got signed at all. This man comes out, right? He's wearing these like cheetah print tights. And then he's got these weird tassels in the front of his crotch that, like, basically go down to his knees. And it just looks stupid. It looks like he got it out of, like, the Dollar Tree and then just, like, taped some stuff together. It looks so bad. Cody Rhodes and Joey Janela are fighting on the outside of the ring. You know how they sort of have that, like, stand, sort of like a WCW-type ramp for, like, pay-per-views and whatnot? And yes. It's just, yeah, so it's even It's elevated, right? Yeah, yeah. So Cody Rhodes does a disaster kick onto Joey Janela. I keep on wanting to call him, uh, him Jelly Nutella because of Jim Cornette. <laughs> Shout out Jim, Jim Cornette. Cornette. Yeah. So 
He throws him over so he lands on the floor. Cody Rhodes walks over a little bit to the stage, turns around and moonsaults. And I wrote down this is way too much for the first match. This match honestly went on pretty long. Cody Rhodes ends up pinning Joey Janela with a crossroads. To me, this match did nothing. I do really enjoy Cody Rhodes stuff. I've always been pretty high on him. But Joey Janela, oh my god, he needs to go on AEW Dark. Like, no, to correct myself, I don't even think he should be on AEW Dark. He should just be vanished from professional wrestling. He does nothing for AEW. Well, somebody had a lucid Cody this week. It could have been Kip Sabian, who fought uh, Dustin last week, right? Or the week prior, right? Well, he's in his own thing. So, I mean, he's in his own little deal right now with Jimmy Havoc, of course, who's even who might be the greatest talent of our generation. Wait, wait, wait. Who'd you just say was the greatest Jimmy talent? Jimmy Havoc. The greatest talent. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get Joking. me started on him. Joking. No, Joking. I know. But, I, I, I mean, I, 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 I can see, you know, why they put – uh, Jimmy Nutella. What's his name? Jelly. Joey What's his name? Janella. Joey. Joey Janella. Little bit I mean, of a the, the first match I saw of him was with Omega. Well, live, I guess. We saw him live in this train wreck of a oh, no disqualification so match on AEW Dark versus Omega. Which so long. I don't know why they didn't just have Omega go against someone that's like. A wrestler, but anyway, uh, somebody had to lose to Cody this week. It was Joey Janela, and uh, next match, please. I mean, come on, let's <laughs> let, let's not let's not rag on the guy for too long here. Yeah, okay, you know, put him out of his misery. So he does, next, he does get, it to himself. He does it to himself. He honestly does. So we get a video package of Nyla Rose, pretty much, and saying how Nyla Rose's match with Riho was the greatest. AEW women's match of all time so far, and considering they've only had like 20 matches, probably. So then we say, well, they start to say that Nyla is the champion and she's beaten, I want to say it was Chris Statlander and someone else, if I'm not wrong. But so they're always saying, like, oh, who's next? So obviously, Britt Baker's on the rise and Shida, who I wrote down in my notes as Shita, because I didn't know how it was spelled. <laughs> Let me correct it. And then Penelope Ford, and then they ended with, who's next? So we get Nyla Rose coming down to the ring. And so she claims that she is the most dominant force in AEW's women's division. I just don't like everyone saying the most dominant force. Like, I feel like that's such a common thing to say. It's Yeah, it's definitely overplayed. Definitely. So then we pretty much... She gets this girl, Kenzie Page, who's only 18 years old, is wrestling at Nyla Rose and just gets murdered by Nyla. Nyla does a senton off the second rope. And as the ref is about to count to three, Nyla pulls her hair. And then she's like, no, nah, I'm not done. So then we get... Two power bombs, and then where is it? Oh, it's called the Beast Bomb, which is just pretty much the power bomb. And then she ends up pinning Kenzie and pretty much just showing how Nyla is a force to be reckoned with. And we also had MJF panned 
in during this match, and the cameraman got pretty close up to MJF, and then <laughs> MJ just goes, whoa, 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 social distancing, buddy. And I, of course, <laughs> me loving MJF, I just chuckled. But then we get a nice little surprise with MJF. A little more MJF. Always good. So he's talking about how he's pretty much a 24-year-old prodigy and how this 24-year-old, quote, kid will become champion and how he's ratings, etc. And there's he is so special. I love MJF. I got to work with him, as I've said previously. He is just amazing. I'm pretty chill with him, as you may know, Jaworski. But he had this awful green screen behind him. If you get the chance to see this, it just looked awful. It was so cheesy. But they actually did a pretty cool thing where MJF was just sitting on a regular chair. And then MJF stands up and he says, next week, and then as he's saying that stuff, two guys carry out the chair and then they carry in a throne. And then he says, I'll be defending my throne or something along those lines. And to me, this is a pretty cool uh, little video package you could say or just segment. You should totally check this out. MJF is just great when he's talking, as you may know. You've been watching AEW a lot. Of course. I mean, Any I, I, he's uh, he's been noticeably absent as of late. I mean, obviously, beating Cody was huge. Huge. Yes. yes. But uh, tough timing amongst the uh, whole pandemic deal. I mean, he was red hot, as they say, in the biz. Uh, uh, but now he's just kind of I don't I want I don't want to say he's tapered off, but there's definitely been some, you know, it, it's the, the shine is not as shiny. It needs to be needs to be shined up a little more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I know what you're saying. Like he needs to beat someone more established or just as established. Even if he beat, even if they had a big thing with Cody again, and they had to beat him again, like that would be awesome. And then he'd yeah, be red hot again, sweet. and then he could go on for the title. So after this, Tony Schiavone is interviewing Sean Spears and MJF. And so, oh no, wait, oh I'm sorry, we had something before this. Sean Spears had a little video package as well, and he said pretty much he loves just getting beef with Cody. He blames Cody for Dustin losing his match, but he also understands that Lance was just doing his job and Dustin was just, you know, participating in his wrestling match. And then he blames everything on Cody because he didn't throw in the towel. And I'm thinking to myself, how many more Sean Spears matches are we going to have with Cody Rhodes? What are we on, four? Yeah, I would say four after this one. If it happens, probably four. But then we get Tony Schiavone interviewing MJF and Sean Spears. Nothing much happens. He just pretty much announces that during, well, at the event Double or Nothing, which is happening May 23rd, I believe, he's going to go against Jungle Boy, and MJF is spazzing. And he's like, what? Jungle Boy? Nah, nah, nah. So then we move <laughs> on, and it's Jungle Omega. Boy. It's yeah, Jungle yeah, yeah. Boy versus MJF or Jungle Boy versus Spears? Jungle Boy versus MJF. Oh, that's... And then Sean Spears just stared at the camera like a dummy and just like, Whoa? like he gave that look. <laughs> so then we get Frankie Kazarian against Kenny Omega. Oh, no, wait. No, no, no. John Moxley. Excuse Bot me. He was Botch. in the main event. Botchmania. 
Yeah, Botchamania. I told you I should be on that show. <laughs> so, this match. There's something about John Moxley that just doesn't keep me entertained. I was dozing off during this match. I caught myself on my phone a little bit. There's something about... Like, he doesn't really have that much of personality, I would say. He's just, like, bland. He's just, like, one of these every other ordinary type guys who says they're crazy, but they tell it instead of show it. So, to me, it's just a little bit, like, I don't really know how to say it. I do like John Moxley as a wrestler. I just don't find him all that entertaining. I don't know if you can say the same. I don't think his in-ring work is that bad. I think it's pretty good, but it's just kind of bleh. Yeah, outside of that. That is true. So we get some, you know, just back and forth wrestling. And then Frankie Kazarian, I swear, did three headlocks during this match. And each one of them was like a minute long. And then we had some brawling on the outside. And the ref's not even counting. The ref is just like letting them be. It also happened during Cody Rhodes and Joey Janela's match. And I'm thinking to myself, these people are trying to present a sports-based product with AEW and these refs can't even follow the simple guidelines of a legit professional wrestling match. Am I wrong by saying that? That's definitely been their problem is the, besides the goofy stuff is keeping rules and, you know, enforcing them tag team matches, counting on the outside, whatever it may be. They just can't seem to stick with the rule book. Wrestling isn't going to change. They're not going to change wrestling. This, this is the, these are the rules, and they need to, you know, keep them in there to keep wrestling normal. You know, keep wrestling what it is, not some joke. And I do hope that AEW does change one day. I don't know how, but of course I want them to succeed as much as I trash on them. I only nitpick the stuff that I know is bad in professional wrestling. I just, I do want them to succeed, but there's just a lot of bad stuff and a lot of goofy stuff that I just don't like. They try to present themselves as a serious company, yet they're doing like the bubbly bunch where guys are getting hit in the face during a FaceTime call, you know? <laughs> and you laugh. And you laugh. You're one of the problems, Jaworski. It's, it, it, I'm the biggest AEW fan out there, and you know that, but I'm, all in I'm I am fairer than fair can be. That is true. Indeed. They need, yes. I own the shirts, okay? You can call me a mark. I'm not a mark, okay? No, normal. stop saying I'm a, that. I'm a normal guy, okay? I'm not he a is. mark. He follows other sports. That's how you know he's normal. Yeah. I'm not a nerd, okay? And he, <laughs> so but, let's get but oh, yep. I'm like I said. I'm I'm as fair as fair can be. Even with WWE, you know they're not. I think they do goofy stuff. I don't think it's as goofy as AEW sometimes. But AEW got to step it up. I mean, they, this is when they can, or, or you know, coming out of this pandemic, this is when they can really ramp things up, talent wise, entertainment wise. Let's see. I mean, uh, they want to step up to the plate. They have all the tools. They have all the money. They have all the talent. Let's see if they can do it. If And do I think they're going to do it? No, probably not. But they have everything in set, set in place. You know, because WWE isn't going to change anytime soon. That's for sure. Well, AEW can. Vince is gone. 
AEW can't change. That's yeah, because true. that's because Disney World's going to buy it. Well, if I think if Disney World does buy it, I think it will change a lot. I don't think necessarily it'll change for the worse. I think it would honestly change for the better. But that is a discussion for another time. Absolutely. It is a whole nother debate. <laughs> so let me just say that John Moxley ends up pinning Frankie Kazarian with the paradigm shift, which I'm pretty sure was called... Oh, man, what was that move called in WWE? It was... Um, dirty Deeds. Oh, yeah, the Dirty Deeds. So then after that, we got a whole bunch of goons in the Dark Order jumping both Frankie Kazarian and John Moxley, our AEW world champion. And so Brody Lee, oh, excuse me, SCU end up coming out, and they both get taken out, Christopher Daniels and Scorpio Sky, by the Dark Order. Brody Lee ends up coming out with a chair, hits it over Christopher Daniels' head, comes into the ring, simply just says that he wants a shot, challenges John Moxley, and all he had to do was just say he wanted a match. That's all John Moxley said. And then they end up all the seven goons jumping John Moxley, and Brody Lee ends up stealing the title, which sets up their match at double or nothing. Oh, okay, okay. I, you know what? This is. Uh, I was about to say this is wrestling. It's not the chant, but I stopped myself. But no, this this could be good. This is something that could be good if they wanted to make the Dark Order a real thing here. This is, they're on to something. They're on to something. I will That's say true, that. But John Moxley's reign has only been 67 days, they said, I believe. So I don't think he's losing that title anytime soon, much like Drew McIntyre. It's only been two months. Pretty sure it happened in February. Revolution. Wow. Yeah, it did happen. And it did. It happen. feels like forever, though, because every day feels like the same with this whole quarantine thing. Oh, I know. It's terrible. But it is I mean, honestly it, awful. It was, the, it was the end of February, so I guess it wasn't that long ago. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Leap Year Day, whatever, whatever yeah, it's the called. 20, yeah, February the 29th. 29th. Yeah. Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more, no, no, that's, no, that's no, no, the beginning of February. Day. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Jaworski. Get your day straight. But no, that is I w- how... Oh, yep. Yeah. I'm going to save myself. Every day is Groundhog Day now. <laughs> I get what you're saying. But anywho, that is how we end the first hour of AEW. Seemed like it was uh, action-packed, to say the least. Not at all, probably. Not. Yeah, not. Anyway, uh, 9 o'clock hour for NXT. It wasn't much better. Uh, we had, well, it, on paper... This might have been the greatest night of wrestling ever, uh, the way they build it. But it was surely not. Uh, Nine o'clock started with Charlotte versus Io Shirai. First, we had a Matt Riddle interview. He accepted the challenge for uh, the tag team titles against uh, Imperium. Uh, He asked Tim Thatcher if it was okay. Tim said that Riddle can knock him out and Thatcher will tap him out. We get into Charlotte versus Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, I mean, them two in the ring, Charlotte should just kill Io Shirai. I mean, Charlotte is just, I wouldn't say a beast because that could be Nyla. Kind of a derogatory term towards woman unless you want to be called a beast like Nyla Rose. But 
Charlotte is just like an athlete, a freak, a, a freak of nature for a woman. I can get what you're saying by that, but I do think Io Shirai is pretty good. Ever since she did, well, ever since she became a bad girl, I think she's improved a whole bunch. Are you not oh, high on her? Uh, she's okay. I haven't seen a lot of her to begin with. Uh, oh, okay. That's why. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really keep tabs on her. I mean, most of NXT I kind of do. Not really her, though. I know that she... She's a pretty big name for NXT. She turned against um, Dakota Kai in the cage match. No, no, no. Candice, I believe. Candice. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was trying to yeah. help her out. But uh, this... Uh, oh, man. That was when Shayna was there. But uh, Charlotte, she hits hard. That's for sure. Uh, they go back and forth. It wasn't very long, though, before Charlotte gets disqualified by hitting EO with a kendo stick. EO uh, oh. wins the match, does not get the belt, obviously. But as Charlotte attacks EO outside, Rhea Ripley comes back to save EO Shirai, or what oh. we thought she saved her. Uh, so Rhea is back, uh, almost gets a hold of Charlotte. Charlotte gets out of the ring, and heads back uh, through the back entrance, I guess. I don't know, what, whatever. Through the camera side uh, entranceway, I guess, if there is one. So anyway, uh, after commercial, we come back, and Rhea is outside doing an interview. EO interrupts it, and they get into it, and they start going at each other. So I don't know what really fueled EO to go against Rhea backstage, but... Uh, that was that. I guess we're setting up for a Rhea Ripley Io Shirai match probably next week or the week after. After this interview, we have Kushida versus Jake Atlas. Uh, Kushida has been fantastic. He was fantastic in this match. He wins uh, via armbar in midair, ca- caught midair, uh, and then armbar him on the mat. Atlas taps out. He goes to one and one. Kushida goes to two and zero. Oh. Uh, later on, we had Balor. Finn Balor is back. Uh, he did a little podium segment or address that he wanted to do, like a public address or whatever, in the NXT arena. He was talking about how he thought snakes were only in the office, but they are in the locker room, too. And uh, he said, the way it goes is uh, you, get, you attack the top guy and you get the push. But uh, that's what he said. His words, not mine. And he said, after he's done with whoever jumped him, he said, it's not going to be much of a push. It's going to be a squash. And that was to whomever had jumped him. Some some defining words from the former champ. Sorry? Did anyone? Oh, I sort of interrupted. That was my bad. But did anyone reveal who actually jumped him or no? No, but after this, we had Corey Grimes face Denzel DeJournette. Uh Grimes won in uh, epic, not epic, uh, fast fashion, I should say. Uh, <laughs> since when is Corey Grimes a cowboy? I didn't, even, I didn't know that. Cameron Grimes has been a cowboy ever since he's been on NXT. Oh, his name's not Corey? <laughs> no. Oh, well, Cameron Who Grimes. himself after such a bad commentary? Man. <laughs> well, his name's Cameron Grimes. And when is he like a Southern Hillbilly Stan Hansen wannabe? He sort of started doing that more around when they were getting like TV time. So I think the two weeks prior that they had NXT on, 
before AEW started. I think that's when he started to do the whole cowboy thing. But I don't think it's a knockoff Stan Hansen thing. He's not trying to, like, lariat people in Japan just riding bikes, like, not even know what's going on. He's not trying no. to kill anybody. You you get what I'm saying, though. Not Stan Hansen. No, he, he won't even be. He can't. We won't even be touched. He won't even be able to touch Stan Hansen, obviously. But I feel like there's so many cowboys in wrestling now. Or, like, how many cowboys do we need? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. Enough for a whole ranch. That's how much Jeez. we need. Yeehaw. Uh, but he went. He beats Denzel, Dave Jornet, uh, real quick. After oh man, that he, dude again! Yeah, he's been. He's been. Not, they must like him or something. He's been on for a lot of squashes. That's for sure. But uh, like I said before, with Balor, we did kind of find. I guess Grimes might have jumped him. He's talking about Balor and how you know to step in line and stuff upon that nature. Finn Balor comes out as Corey Grimes, Cameron Grimes. God. Was talking about Balor. Uh, Balor comes out. They go back and forth. Balor attacks him. Uh, Grimes flees. And then we get Balor and Grimes next week. Along with Thatcher and Riddle versus Imperium. And now we get right into the main event for the NXT Championship. Uh, We have Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. Before we get into that, I will have you go over the uh, 9 o'clock hour for AEW. Okay, so not a lot happened after the 9 o'clock hour besides, I want to say it was literally two matches. Yeah, two matches. So, Brandy Rhodes comes on TV, and I'm like, oh no. Oh boy, here we go again. (laughs) So, she pretty much just tells that Jake the Snake Roberts needs to keep her name out of his mouth, and there won't be a problem. And if there is and Jake comes face-to-face with her, Cody, or her brother-in-law, Dustin, will come to save the day. So then, this leads to Lance Archer against QT Marshall, who, by the way, you were correct by saying QT's hair is horrendous, because it is. Well, no, you have to, he's, he got the surgery, so I think his hair is starting to come in, but it's at that stage where it's, like, not even close to coming in fully. (laughs) It doesn't even look good. it's bad. It's bad. He just, he had these like lines in his hair, and I think he had like the grandpa bald spot. Like, it's just like the top of your head's like bald. I think that's what it was. Or like, at least it was like starting to grow a little bit. But man, it just looks awful. I feel bad for him. They shouldn't, like, they shouldn't allow him to embarrass himself by being on TV right now. Like, you could tell that um, where he got the surgery on his head. They screwed him over. They screwed him oh. over. Yeah, he needs to. Be, I wouldn't call him. Um, I wouldn't say that he needs to redo the surgery, but uh, sue somebody. <laughs> they, if that doesn't turn out, he definitely needs to sue. That's for sure. For sure. So as Lance, Ar- Lance Archer is coming out, he takes out Jason Cade, who I am not familiar with. Do you know who he is? No. Okay, so then, oh, that's when I wrote after QT's hair is awful. <laughs> so, pretty much Lance Archer, Lance Archer, man, I seriously can't talk today, throws him outside of the ring, and then they do some brawling out there, and then Britt Baker hits QT with her shoe, and then Brandy storms over and throws Britt Baker's shoe all the way into the crowd, and so this will later cause some beef between them. 
So then Lance Archer is about to do his finisher move, the blackout, which is just where he grabs your arms up high in the sky, flips you over, land straight on your back. And so QT Marshall has been the first person ever on AEW to kick out of the blackout, which is what they're calling his finisher. Are you and serious? So, yeah, seriously. So, oh, that's get this. so. Oh my, do I? Oh wait, just wait, okay. So then, Lance is pretty shocked that he was able to kick out, and so he smashes his head off the ring. Well, no, not the ring post. I should say the, the mat a little bit, like maybe five times. Goes back for the pin. One, two, three. And Lance Archer wins. How do you feel about this? Why? Exactly. Why? 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 Sense. Why? But get this. It's not even over. It's not close to being over, Jaworski. So oh Brandy Rhodes God. is... <laughs> Just wait. Brandy Rhodes is standing... Sort of in front of Britt Baker. She jumps the rail, attacks Brandy Rhodes, throws her into the ring. Lance Archer grabs her. I believe it was either the arm or the leg and drags her into the middle of the ring. Jake the Snake Roberts was also out managing Lance Archer during this match. So he goes into the back, comes back out, and you just see the giant snake in his hands. Comes into the ring, puts a snake onto Brandy, and they're both just laughing at her. She just had a video package saying how if there's ever a confrontation between Jake the Snake Roberts and Brandy Rhodes, that Cody or Dustin will come out to save her. We clearly know Cody Rhodes was there because he was the first match of the night. Why didn't he come out and save his wife? She literally just said pretty much that he always has her back. It just, oh my God. God, this doesn't make sense. It was a waste. That that video package means nothing now, knowing that Cody didn't come out to save his wife, nor her brother-in-law in Dustin Rhodes. It doesn't make sense. Not from what you sounded, I mean, oh my God. Just, oh, I don't really care about that because she deserves that because she stinks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> why are they having... QT Marshall kick out of this guy's finisher that they're trying to build as a champion, I assume. Why? Why? Just why? A guy who's not even established on AEW all that much. What? He's in a tag team with someone who's been wrestling for 33 years. Sure, he's done some other stuff in some... Ooh, excuse me. That just slipped out. <laughs> some different companies. But now that he's in AEW, he's pretty much started all over. It's his first time on TV. And he's doing nothing. Like, I think the closest he's ever came to winning a championship was in, like, a tag team title shot picture. And then that was pretty much it. And nothing else. He does not... He should have just pretty much... Taking the blackout, one, two, three. There shouldn't have been the blackout, one, two. He kicks out. Oh, my God. Everyone shocked. Smashes his head over the mat like five times and then pins him for the win. It was unnecessary. No, that was stupid. That was... Oh, 
it's frustrating to say the least. But wait until I get into the main event. We had a couple of more things happen before this horrendous main event happened. So then they announced some of the matches for Double or Nothing. Once again, John Moxley versus Brody Lee for the AEW World Title. Then we get MJF against Jungle Boy. And they announced that there's going to be, instead of a Casino Battle Royal, considering how bad the first one was, they're <laughs> going to change the match a little bit. And there's going to be a Casino Ladder Match. A sports-based company having a ladder match. Not, it's not that a ladder match isn't real wrestling. If the storyline is built correctly then there is definitely a good reason to have a ladder match. If you look back at Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels, there was a perfect reason. They were both champions. They both claimed to be. And then they held up both titles at WrestleMania 10. But there's no need to pretty much just have a knockoff Money in the Bank ladder match at a pay-per-view that maybe, what? I don't even know. Maybe 700,000 people are going to watch. And I think they didn't announce anyone for the match. I think what they're doing is that they're going to be saying, like, I don't know, MJF and Darby Allen are going to face off for a spot in the casino ladder match. I think that's what they're going for because they didn't announce anybody. (sighs) (laughs) But wait a second. We're getting pretty close to the main event. We're not there yet? No, no, no. um, Like, Maybe, yeah, two more things happened. Go. <laughs> Whoa, a little little rude right there by Jaworski. But so, Taz is going to interview Darby Allen, And he comes up really standoffish and doesn't respond to Taz's question. And so, Taz points out the flaws during Darby's match. How he pretty much pinned himself. And how he's going to be able, well, if he wants to, learn from Taz. And Darby just walks away. And then I noticed this isn't something NXT does all that much. AEW definitely does it a lot more, which I sort of prefer that they do. They announced the matches for the week after. It's not like you get two matches announced from um, NXT. You get a couple of matches announced from AEW. So, of course, they say MJF will be in action. I think I might be wrong by saying this. Best Friends Against Jurassic Express will also be happening next week. And Chris Jericho will be in singles action next week. (laughs) Yay, finally. So now you can move on to the main event. Well, I mean, thank you for the stage, but it's not that neat of a uh, venue for this main event. This was... uh... It lost. It, I wouldn't say it lost my interest, but it never really had it to begin with. Uh, they had the introduction, stuff like that. Uh, before the first commercial, it was very clunky. Uh, I think Velveteen Dream might have uh, slipped up on the... They were on the top rope, and uh, Cole fell like to the side, but held on with his feet in his hands. It didn't look like it was supposed to happen, but uh, very clunky, uh, to say the least, before the first commercial. Uh, after that, they go at it. Uh, Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish come down to the ring or to ringside, uh, saying they didn't really say anything, but they just kind of looked really concerned. Out from under the ring comes Dexter Loomis. He attacks both of them. 
Uh, oh. The ref goes outside on the apron to check on what's going on. Loomis launches Roderick Strong, hits the ref, and we have a ref bump. Um, they don't have any outside interference at all during the match, surprisingly. Uh, they're doing outside, and the camera goes back to the ring. Double T Dream is on the top rope, hits the purple Rainmaker. No ref, of course. Would have got the one, two, three count. Uh, Dream goes over to check on the ref. He comes back and runs into a super kick. We have the last call, knee. Uh, one, two, three, Adam Cole retains the NXT championship. Thank God. I did not. I, well, first off, I didn't want Velveteen Dream to win, especially with the news going around with uh, I, Dream and everything. I, I honestly didn't expect him to win. Yep. I can only imagine the, re- the you know, the reaction that, and, and WWE would have done it too. I mean, they're, they're no, they're no stranger to, uh, being a little controversial in their business decisions, of course, but, uh, could you imagine the reaction that that would have got if Velveteen Dream wins ultimately? They would have shamed that company so much. Can you believe if they said pretty much that this man who was accused of talking to 15, 16, 17-year-olds won the NXT championship, right? People are going to say, oh, he won the NXT championship, so news articles could uh, overshadow that um, Velveteen Dream just accused of talking to minors and whatnot, which is most likely what the internet probably would have said, which is pretty logical. But I think if they even did plan on putting the strap on Velveteen Dream, which I honestly don't believe that they were going to. I think Adam Cole needed a, a little bit of a longer reign. That, that's not biased at all, just letting you know. I think he just... I don't think Velveteen Dream was the right guy, if anything. I think definitely... Well, from... Man, I don't know how to wear this really. I think Karrion Cross. Should definitely be in the NXT Championship title picture sometime soon. I get that he's brand new, but, you know, he can be a top player. I honestly believe that. You know, I sort of hope that he doesn't fall into the North American picture, having those, like, super agile matches with Keith Lee. Yeah, I think that he would be primed for a title shot at some point because he's the only guy that I see that they've built so well. That they've, you know, they've invested so many vignettes and so many different things and angles and stuff like that to win the, you know, the, the title to or to lead up to the title. So I think that he is the logical guy that they're going to look to to win the title. I mean, there's no one else that like screams NXT title at me right now. Maybe Matt Riddle. So undisputed ever to go to the main roster i'm saying like down the line because obviously they're not gonna change the titles any no no one's gonna change the titles right now especially no crowds so i'm saying you know four or five or maybe like two or three four months away you know we see riddle or we see cross or that's really all that i think right now maybe too I don't. I I have a feeling that he'll eventually go at it with Dream just because of the way their characters are or personalities are, just because they're like so different. So I I think I could see them doing a few matches for sure. But I mean, uh, Riddle, 
I definitely see it eventually just because he's, he just resonates with the crowd so well. Uh, Cross, because he's such a badass, I think, that, and they build so much time into him. He's I next think up. I don't even. I don't, yeah, I think he should get a crack at it unless he goes back over to the UK eventually or, or when NXT UK, you know, uh, gets going again, uh, at least. So we'll have to see. But I think Cross is someone to look into for the title. I think Riddle is someone to look in for, into for the title down the line. Uh, even Pete Dunne. But other than that, I mean, there's no one really, I think, personally, that is going cha- to be a legit threat. Unless they do Champo or Gargano again. But I think that's... Oh, I didn't even think about that. It, that's it, a it could be a possibility, but... Uh, well, I, now that I think of it, it could be them two, too. Because I don't think they'll do another match between them, Gargano and Champa. So, whether it's Gargano, Champa, Riddle... I add all those guys. If I had to pick mm-hmm. one, I think it's got to be carrying Cross to legitimize, le- legitimize, legit. <laughs> Why wow, I can't even say the word now. Legitimize, le- <laughs> help me out. Legitness. Help me out. Legitimize. Legitimize. Yeah. The you know his character, his brand, and it would get a huge reaction. That is true. I, I think it wouldn't necessarily be unexpected. But I think people would be like, oh, crap, Karrion Cross is the man now. I think I could definitely see Karrion Cross in that title picture. But since you reviewed your main event on NXT, I'm going to review my main event in AEW because I don't want to get too off track. No. So during this match, it's Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega against Sex Gods in... Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So the crowd is singing along to Chris Jericho's theme song. Keep in mind, they're wrestlers. They're fans of Chris Jericho, apparently, because they're singing his theme song. And then we get Kenny Omega coming out, and, you know, they're dressed in the typical street, like the the street fight outfit, I would say, like the jeans and the shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenny Omega is a tag team champion with Hangman Adam Page. He should be tag he should be wrestling with Adam Page and not Matt Hardy. What is Kenny Omega's reason to even be involved in this match? Is beyond me. I honestly don't get it. I'm not gonna be too nitpicky about that. So during this match, they announce who Chris Jericho is going to be wrestling next week. And you wanna take a wild guess as to who it's gonna be. Matt it's going Hardy. to be wild. No, 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 it's going to be wild. Pineapple Pete. Uh, Pineapple Pete. And his name's not even Pete. I don't even know who he is. Do you know is who he, he is? Yeah, I know who Pineapple Pete is. I don't know who his name. I know him only because he was on a few weeks ago. But he hate Chris Jericho hates Pineapple Pete. So it, this is the rivalry of our generation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then... <laughs> uh. I'm getting a little lost in my notes. So Jericho throws Matt Hardy into the back. Not not a lot. I'm just going over the big bullet points of this match. It was just a little too long for my liking. Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho are putting the beat down on Kenny Omega. Matt Hardy comes out in a completely different outfit for no reason. Comes what? back. Yeah, in a completely different outfit. So he comes back out. He's beating on them. 
And so they set up a ladder in a table. And so Kenny Omega puts Sammy Guevara on the table. And Matt Hardy climbs to the top. He does like the Jeff Hardy, like the finger guns thing. And he's like, ah, and then jumps. He just does a frog splash. And as you think they are about to win the match already, Jake Hager pulls the ref's leg out to stop the counting of the ref. And so after this, we it sort of went to commercial and then it came back. It did that little screen thing where you could still see what was going on, but I wasn't really paying attention. Picture in so picture wrestling. Yes. Yes. Picture in picture wrestling. So then they're fighting all around the what do you call it? The stadium? Is it a stadium? Oh, they're back at the arena. Oh, okay, the arena then. So they were brawling like where the fans would be, like if they were going to get like drinks and whatnot. And there was an ice cooler. And so Chris Jericho and Jake Hager throw Matt Hardy into the ice cooler, shut the doors, and Kenny Omega just comes out with a trash can and just hits it over Jake Hager's head. Chris Jericho glances at him, and then he just looks back at the camera, and then he, Kenny Omega proceeds to hit him over the head. To me, it was stupid. If Chris Jericho clearly saw him coming, why didn't he run away? Oh, my God, this match killed me. Going around the arena. Yeah, so the wrestlers are following the action as this is going on. So then Matt Hardy comes out of the ice box. Or, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just called an ice box. And another completely different outfit. <laughs> and he's wearing that, like, the vest thing. Like, I don't know really what to call it. But, like, just that outfit. And so. Yeah, I know. Go, I know what you're talking about. Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega are just beating on each other. And then I honestly chuckled at this. I don't know why. I always love Chris Jericho. Not always, but like I enjoy his stuff. So he sees this cone. He picks it up, puts it on his head, and then he does this like weird evil laugh where he's like, <laughs> and I laughed. You, would, <laughs> I know if you saw it, you would definitely laugh. But I definitely chuckled at it. Then he hit him with the cone. Kenny Omega didn't really register it. It's a cone. I don't think it would hurt anybody. But then Matt Hardy is going to drive around in a golf cart and try to attempt to run over Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, both at different times, both run in the exact same line, like the exact same V line of where the golf cart is going. And you can clearly dodge it. You have anywhere to go and you decide to run like the other way, the way it's coming at you. It's just... To me, that just didn't make sense. I don't want to get too in depth with this match because I don't think it deserves the time. So then we're getting closer to the actual football stadium that's there. And so Kenny Omega is about to hit the one-winged one angel onto Chris Jericho. Santana and Ortiz come out of nowhere, jump Omega, and then they end up doing a powerbomb to Omega on top of a golf cart. They put Matt Hardy through a table. Chris Jericho hits the Judas effect on Kenny Omega. Ends up winning the match for Lay Sex Gods. And so, as the football stadium is in the background with Santana, Ortiz, Hager, uh, Guevara, and Jericho, the big, um, the big, what would you call it, the graphic screen? Like the big screen in the background at football yeah. stadiums? Yep. So... They uh, show that, and it says the inner circle. And then they all just flip off the camera, and then that is how 
AEW wraps up. But I do want to hear on a scale of one to ten what you would rate NXT. Oh, and also if you do have thoughts on that main event, please tell me. Um, I probably will watch this match. I know I won't like it. Uh, I do like the effect of them going off the air with the inner circle thing in the background with the you know middle finger. I do like yeah, that kind of cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, utilizing their what do you call it? Their strengths strengths i guess with arenas and money and stuff so anyway i like that visual but i assume that i won't like the match matt hardy changing outfits three times is a little too creative uh for me but i don't know i'll definitely have to go i'm definitely gonna watch this watch it as soon as we go off just because i want to get some sleep get a normal sleep schedule uh, i get a golf in the morning over in connecticut because massachusetts aren't opening golf courses anytime soon so we're gonna do that tomorrow but so that should be fun but uh, i have to get to bed early so make me tired make me fall asleep i'll watch aew from tonight but uh nxt i said my grade earlier one out of ten five being average i'm gonna give it a 5.5 i think that's fair i think it's very average a little a little above average, if you want to say that. So 5.5 is my score for NXT. I'm giving AEW 4.3. 4. 4.3? That's it. That's it. That's it. I, hey, that's a fair score, all things considered. And it isn't a whole number, so you're finally catching on. <laughs> I'm moving as, on. Yeah. As you, as you have to finally, you know, get it to the exact number. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You know, if I wasn't so nitpicky about it, I would even go to the thousandth place. So it, for me, it was probably a 4.312. Okay, that's too much. But anyway, uh, <laughs> anything before I give the people the socials and uh, give them the uh, howdy-do, howdy as they say, uh, to end the pod for the review of AEW and NXT on May 6th? Absolutely not. Okay, there you have it. So, <laughs> again, we appreciate all the support as of late. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at J&J Wrestling Pod. Uh, more content to come there. Uh, be sure to follow us on Spotify, J&J Wrestling Podcast, as we review Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown. NXT and AEW with episodes coming out every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with the offhand pay-per-view review coming on Mondays. So be sure to be looking out for those as Money in the Bank is coming soon. So we'll be reviewing that and it'll be coming out next Monday. Again, J&J Wrestling Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for all the support. Be sure to watch all our or listen to all our previous episodes. And uh, Justin, anything else before I... Uh, Give them the goodbye, to say the least. You know, you give the fans so much love. And I feel like I don't do that enough. So I do really want to quickly say thank you to everyone that's been listening. I know we got a new listener in today because I had to send someone our Spotify so that they could listen to the J&J Wrestling Podcast. So really quick, I just want to say thank you for... Yeah, I shouldn't talk that fast. Thank you for the support. Keep on supporting J&J Wrestling Podcast. Keep on supporting professional wrestling. And that's all I got to say. All right. There you have it. Nice little uh, touch there from you, Justin. And we'll see you all on... When are we going to see them? 
Saturday. Saturday for our review on Friday Night SmackDown and our gimmicks of the week. But until then, stay safe, wash your hands, and we will see you on Saturday. Peace.